The following is a production of the Speedsport Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm your host, Taylor Burris, and joining me is my partner in crime, Justin, along with our producer, Wayne Owens. And Justin, we have a special guest joining us here to kick off the week of Circuit of the Americas. We have from 2311 Racing, Mitchell Dejean. DeJong joining us here today. A very dominant performance in the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series event from DeYoung in particular, where he carried a ton of speed and was able to survive what was a chaotic start to the race, to say the very least, and was able to pull away in dominating fashion, Taylor. Certainly so. Let's go ahead and get started. Mitchell, welcome to the iRacers Download. Congrats on your win. How are you feeling? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, I'm super stoked about how it turned out. Uh, you know, obviously the the road course is the big one for um, for for me with the high expectations on that, and uh, I'm so happy it worked out. Um, really, it just kind of all fell into place. Talk about the interesting combination of running the cup cars at this track, because this is a brand new addition to the NASCAR schedule. Of course, road course racing is nothing new with NASCAR, but with just this Formula One style circuit with these cup cars, what do you think is the challenge that provides compared to running a Formula One car or a Porsche or any other form of sports car or open wheel racing? Yeah, when I first heard that Coda was going to be on the schedule, um, I was actually really excited. Uh, obviously, it's such a technical and diverse track. You have so many different types of corners around the place, um, and it really doesn't suit these cars all that well, which kind of opens the door to make it really interesting with, with setup and, and driving and figuring out little things. Um, you know, these cars are really hard to get stopped for the hairpins. Um, obviously, they're not, like, too ideal for the high speed corners like the S's and whatnot. Um, so what ends up happening is you're just kind of uh, running the car on edge the whole time, trying to, you know, hold on for your life where you're not underdriving the car or overdriving it. Um, it's such a small window that you have to work with. Um, whereas some of the other cars, like an F1 car, you have so much downforce or GT cars are just kind of planted everywhere. So it's definitely a different style um, compared to everything I've raced here before. Nothing's been anywhere near uh, close to this. Well, let's take a little bit stepping back in time with your career in motorsports as well as sim racing, because not only are you a prolific sim racer, but also you are a professional race car driver, as well as an X game gold and silver medalist as well. Why don't we go into deeper of what made you want to become a part of motor racing? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, fortunately, I've been able to uh, do a little bit of racing my my whole life, pretty much. Um, you know, I kind of grew up in a racing family. Uh, my dad had a um, off-road car um, uh, business, building cars uh, for like uh, the sand dunes and things like that. Um, he did a little bit of racing in, in Baja himself uh, for some of the, the desert racing. And, um, you know, I just kind of got the bug early. Um I had asked my parents when I was five if I could do go-karts, and thankfully they said yes. Um, you know, did that for a few years. Uh, got into some short course off-road racing, um, kind of like the trucks that we have in iRacing, but uh, go-kart form, so scaled down much smaller, but on the same tracks and whatnot. Um, you know, we went through that. 
uh, kind of up until I was 13 years old. Did a little bit of Legend Oval racing, so that's where we kind of got the bug for, um, you know, getting on the oval side of things. Um, and after that, um, we are in a kind of limbo stage where we we're trying to figure out the next step in my career. Um, and that's kind of when Rallycross and, and X Games came about, this, this new class um, that you could get into at a young age. Um, I was 15 at the time. And uh, things just fell into place with, with Red Bull, um, you know, paving the way for me and that, uh, getting me there. I would say around the same time as when I had started my sim racing career, realizing that, wow, iRacing is actually a really good training tool uh, for some of these things with, um, you know, limited practice time that you get in real life racing that everyone knows about. Um, and I would say from 2014 onwards, I had uh, started taking both sim racing and real racing um, in a serious level, uh, kind of in my mind, I would still get like kind of the, the racing fix on both sides. So I, I was trying to be competitive on, on both at the same time. Um, and, uh, you know, fortunately, we, we had some good years in Rallycross where we got a silver and a gold medal in X Games. Um, we got the championship in one year in 2014. That was uh, amazing. Um, just to race alongside some of those people, those big names. It's just incredible. I, I never would have uh, dreamt of it, you know, when I was much younger than that. And, um, you know, just kind of, uh, rose through the ranks of rally cross, got up to the, the supercar class, uh, as well as getting some pro licenses and in, in different series and I racing. And, um, you know, we're it's kind of, uh, brought us to this point here. It is certainly, it's true. And it's the fact you're one of the few drivers on the iRacing service who has competed in multiple world championship series, not just, of course, the E-NASCAR iRacing Coca-Cola series, but also in the Tag Heuer Porsche Esports Super Cup. Even going back further, even if I remember correctly, even in the World Grand Prix championships as well, I just, the prolific career that you've had watching you race on the sim racing service what has given you the chance to really try all these disciplines because i gotta say it's not easy to try to one week get ready for a nascar race one week doing the porsche and then one week working in open wheel or rallycross you know i have to admit it's it's really difficult to go back and forth um the driving styles are so different but um you know i have to attribute it to um Kind of where I started my career in in, in karting um, and getting into off road really early on. Um, I've kind of had the opportunity to race in in both disciplines uh, my my whole life, and um, you know you take a little bit from that. Obviously, I did some oval racing legend cars when I was uh, really young as well. So um, you know when I I would say when I got into the rallycross stuff, I realized that there was a really good opportunity to improve my road racing skills through i racing, and that's when the F1 car and the Grand Prix series and the, and the world championship and that really piqued my interest. Cause I'm a super competitive person. Um, you know, I, I like to, uh, be easy going about everything, but at the end of the day, I really, really want to win. And, um, yeah, I, you know, you see that series and on the roadside where I was trying to improve my skills and I had my, my sight set on, I can use this to, to get better at, at real racing and, um, fine tune my skills and, that went really well from the beginning. Uh, did that for a bit. And, you know, if I'm honest, I didn't really have my eyes on oval or, or anything like that 
um, up until last couple of years when I started spotting for uh, Keegan Leahy. Uh, once, uh, you know, we had a few of them join Kawanda and um, just kind of rekindled my interest in it. And um, man, it's 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 been incredible kind of the the journey we've been on um, kind of getting to here. It's uh, been super cool. Let's talk a little bit about the process to make your way into eNASCAR competition, because as you mentioned, started off with spawning with Keegan Leahy. And when we discussed things in the past, it was in part 2020 being 2020 that helped factor into things. How was overall that transitional period or rather effort to make your way into the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series because things seem to come very quickly over the course of 2020 to position yourself to get yourself to the spot. You're exactly right. Um, 2020 was, I would say, probably my most difficult year in racing, not only in the sim, but just in my whole racing career. Um, you know, I, I decided really late that I was going to try for Road to Pro. Um so that meant in the winter of 2020, the, the beginning of the year, I had to get my I rating up to take part in Road to Pro, get in the right splits. Um, so that was a huge grind. Um, I think uh, in a couple months, we had to get to the, the six-something thousand range of I rating while also having to run the Porsche Tacor Esports Super Cup. Um, and, you know, if, if I'm being honest, I definitely spread myself thin. Um, trying to do it all this last year, um, but I, I do think it it paid off. And you know, we all know that you have to make sacrifices with different things to to get where you want to be. And um, I think 2020 was that year. You know, we had rally cross as well that we had to do the world championship, and um, man, it was a long season. Um, you know, in road racing, trying to get your pro license is a pretty quick process. You can do it in matter of a season um even this last year i think it was like five or six weeks to get into into the porsche esports super cup um but as we know with the road to pro it's a full year-long process and that's just to you know make the pro series and then hope you make it at the end of the year um and you know when i initially started the journey um i have to give a big shout out to, to keegan especially because he's the one that talked me into it uh, he kept poking at me for um, I would say probably a year saying like, Hey, <laughs> you got to give it a try. And, uh, finally we did, um, did some race for fun. And, um, once we kind of got the I rating where we needed to be, uh, I kind of told myself like, all right, we're going to do the first three rounds or so, and then just see how it's going. If it's going well, we'll keep doing it. If not, then, um, you know, we, we, uh, had a, had a good run and it was a fun process. At least I know where I, I kind of stood with that, but, um, I tell you what, it just, it just kept uh, going really well. And I think uh, after a few rounds or so, I realized like, okay, we need to need to keep going and just see how far we can make it. And um, can't tell you it's, it's uh, gone way better than I expected. I think we are second in road to pro points and in third in pro points. It's just, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. It was a very strong qualifying series performance to get yourself into the situation. And what have the growing pains been like, though, now that you're in eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series competition? Because you showed great qualifying speed this season, but especially on the ovals, it seems you have slid backwards in some of the races. The road course race, of course, you were factored in to be the potential one of the favorites. It's definitely been difficult. Um, you know, I have to say, 
first first off like my my lack of over, oval experience is definitely showing um you know in the the first rounds uh before making the coke series i don't think i had ever done an official race in this car the cup car i, I might have done one uh, in an is race or two at martinsville or something like that in years prior but um i really just didn't have the experience in the car so um that's been a big growing pain and of course we all know how competitive the series is any small mistake or you know just uh something that you're not quite doing right will catch up with you in the series so you need to be on your game 100 percent um of course setup is a massive factor and um i think we missed it in the in the first few rounds um and you know the 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 beginning of the season has been especially tough for me i would say um my main focus has been on the uh porsche esports super cup finishing that out um which has come to a close now um so i'm excited to see kind of where we stack up from this point forward uh now that i can actually put in um full prep for each round um you know i think we've had a few positive showings like you mentioned with qualifying has always been um really good then we've had a few other uh, races like auto club where i think if uh you know, we are on the, the right strategy. We could have had a really good result there. Um, I think Vegas, we had good speed, but unfortunately we had some um, <laughs> issues there with an engine exploding. And Kansas is also, you know, a positive one. And then it all went downhill quickly. So, uh, you know, I, I think we definitely have good potential. We just need to kind of put some races together now. So I'm excited to see now with some proper prep of what it's going to be like i think we're getting on top of the setup as well especially the last few races it seems like we've kind of figured it out finally so um i'm excited you know it, it's it's always tough doing something halfway and that's uh, never been my style i always like just going in 100 and um you know i think now's the the time where we can finally uh, see, at least for myself, I just really want to see kind of how we stack up. So, coming up, more with our guest of the week, Mitchell Dion. You're listening to the iRacers download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince, along with me is Taylor Burris with Wayne Owens in the director's seat. We're with Mitchell Dion discussing things after. An eventful first career victory in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. Now, you also have had time in Germany as well, Mitchell, living in the Coanda House. How has that experience been like living in a different country with a sim racing team-specific house scenario such as that? Well, I definitely have to say it's it's cool. Um, certainly, it's super different. Uh, I've been to Germany a few times before, but. Um, being able to live over there is uh, totally different. Um, you know, just going out and interacting uh, is just uh, the big one, of course. But um, no, it's 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 a cool thing. You know, you're you're living in a house with people that you know all have the same passion as you, um, and and take it just as serious. And I would say before I had qualified for the series, that wasn't really um, on the table. wasn't really planned. But it happened to to come up shortly after the Pro Series had happened, um, especially with all the road stuff coming up, that it made a lot of sense for me to go over there. And, um, you know, it made some of the NASCAR races quite difficult racing at 3 a.m. But, 
definitely it's 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 a cool thing i mean you know you you live and breathe sim racing it's 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 really you can get the peak out of yourself i mean when that's really all you're thinking about trying to just maximize your performance um you know <laughs> check all the boxes before you race and um it's a lot of driving a lot of work uh you know we're driving probably eight hours a day um but you know that's what it takes to be at the the high level there wow it does take a lot of effort to be at the highest levels i was going to ask about the day-to-day so essentially it was essentially or has been practice 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 definitely the um you know the porsche esports super cup is such a competitive series and if you look at any of the results I, i'd say four tenths will separate the top um probably 30 or so in the field uh in qualifying and as we went on a road course that's extremely tight um i think uh we've never seen a series so competitive on the road side of things before and every year it just gets more and more difficult um you know just trying to optimize your driving a little bit and um a little bit more every single time you're on track and with with other events going on as well you know we have uh, 24-hour races and some of the endurance events that happen on the off weeks from the porsche esports super cup so you know it's just a, a big effort you know um i would say on the oval side it's it's mainly um kind of the 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 setup things that you need to get uh, dialed in with the car but, but on road it's it's mostly driving and um it's so difficult to to completely put something together like you can drive basically all week and every single day and you'll see improvements every day up until the race and even though you've driven you know 20 30 hours before race time in a week you still feel like oh i'm not i'm not ready i don't i don't feel like i have enough practice so um it's super difficult but uh it's what you got to do to to be at the top level in that it certainly is. And speaking of that top level with the Por- Ta- Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup, you actually came home second in the point standings for this past season with that one win going up against your teammate Joshua Rogers with the Coanda Simsport. What is it like trying to learn as well as keep up with someone like Joshua Rogers, who probably had one of the most dominant seasons that he's ever had in the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup? Man, I was so stoked to get second um, and that in that win as well. I would say after, you know, 2020, such a difficult year for me in that series, um, you know, just not having the time doing uh, Road to Pro as well. Um, so, you know, the fact that we were able to kind of get back to where we should or where I would have liked to be, um, get back in form and, you know, have a, a shot of the championship really is incredible. Um and I, I think it was a, a big help being able to race alongside those guys. Obviously, Josh is in the house as well. So, you know, I can directly compare and, and uh, work with him through all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's uh, just a, a massive effort. It's it's so motivating. Um, you know, I, I actually mentioned this with uh, Bobby as well, the NASCAR stuff. It's so great on the road courses to, to know who you're directly going to be fighting with I think for like pull and outright pace because everyone knows Bobby's a guy on, on road courses. So, you know, same with Josh on, on, uh, on, uh, like Porsche Esports super cup and, and other series too. It's, uh, you know, exactly kind of the, the, uh, the pace that you need to be at and you just kind of work to, to get there. So it's been great to work alongside him. Um, obviously, you know, uh, the, the whole team 
gets better performance wise from that. And I think we had a really strong team showing in in uh, the Porsche Esports Super Cup as well. We have eleven guys in that, and we all had uh, really good uh, results. I would say at the end of the year, so it's it's been great. Certainly has been, and of course, you are a part of the VRS Racing School as well. Tell us what your introductory is when you came a part of that group and how you have been able to even help other future drivers work their way through the series of iRacing. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, when Rallycross was released on iRacing, um, that's kind of when I uh, got shoehorned into VRS. Um, you know, that's kind of my my thing, I guess, from uh, real life racing. It just made a lot of sense, and uh, I really enjoyed um, racing that on iRacing as well. So it just made a lot of sense for me to get in at that time, become a coach and, and supply data each week for that. Um, you know, we do it for, uh, both series and that in the, in the rookie and, uh, D class series and uh, a few of the cars and, um, you know, just a normal coach on there, you know, do data. And, uh, it's, it's been cool working with some of the people, um, you know, just coaching them and, and seeing them grow as well. Uh, you know, like you'll work with them and then a few years later you'll see, you know, them kind of rise to the top and they're winning like the top split races and things like that. I think that's a, a cool thing. And something else my teammates have mentioned as well that are also coaches, you know, they'll they'll coach a few people and then they'll see them like uh, a few months later, uh, kind of in in the fourth show, like running up front and, and things like that. It's it's a, a cool thing you get to work with. It's a bit unique because I think even in real life racing, you don't always uh, get that. But in iRacing, as we know, there's really no limit to. Uh, what you can accomplish you could just put in the work and and uh you know put in the proper practice you can you can get there keeping an eye and looking at also other things that you are a part of you know one of the things that we've noticed this season and started last year as well is the bmw sim gt cup you know a lot of great things came out of that with the partnership with bmw and you were able to compete a couple of times or pretty much the entire series this year in fact as they wrapped up at the nurburgring back in may tell us what it was like to work with someone like bmw as far as seeing these manufacturers getting involved with iRacing. it's definitely amazing for um the scene as a whole uh a few years ago like you know thinking about it the fact that these manufacturers are getting involved in, um, you know, putting on events and things like that. It's just amazing for everyone, really. Uh, not only for the people involved in the events, um, but just it just helps grow the entire scene, puts more eyeballs on on sim racing in general, and um, gets people interested. I, I know for me, um, seeing iRacing, I think I, I saw like a pro race one time. Uh, someone stream it, uh, one of the drivers, many, many years ago, like, 2012 2013 and um it was like wow i didn't even know this was a thing and that's kind of what made me want to get involved in that and i think as you continue to have things like that these events put on and uh, big manufacturers involved you just get more and more people in um the 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 competitiveness kind of rises of the series and um it's it's super cool to have such big names prestigious brands involved um it's kind of a dream come true for i think for a lot of us that you know that didn't also like have the uh opportunity in in real racing and and uh things like that you know you have unlimited opportunities here and um you know it's definitely really cool 
One of the things I've been noticing, like you were saying, with these manufacturers getting involved is, could we possibly see this to be the future training grounds for drivers? You know, we have, of course, with Porsche, with the Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup, BMW with their Sim GT Cup, and who knows what other future manufacturers or other racing series could come up and up and down the road here in the world of iRacing because of the popularity as well as what people have seen. Could we possibly see someone from the iRacing ranks one day possibly be a factory Porsche driver, winning at places like Le Mans, Daytona, or even someone who's in the eNASCAR World Championship Series who have a shot of working their way up being a champion in that and having a shot to go and run in either a truck, an Xfinity, even an ARCA car, and working their way up to where they could possibly be a future winner of any one of the prestigious races? I'm a firm believer in that. Um, you know, I, I always tell people um, years, years back, uh, once you kind of get over the, the, the lack of the, the seat of the pants feel, everything that you do in sim, um, all your inputs and everything, they perfectly apply to real life. I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, I've told people that for years, and I think it's definitely possible. And I, I think the, the, um, the, the, Meta is changing and people are starting to buy into that, especially in more recent years since um, I would say 2020, people are starting to realize that more and more. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how things progress. I think there's a lot of cases in iRacing where you have people that are good in both. And, um, you know, a lot of testimonies where um, the skills are transferable. And I'm super excited for that because you know, racing, as we know, is a um, very expensive sport, so it may be difficult for a lot of people to get into it. And, you know, if we can change the uh, meta to where this is uh, definitely a viable route into real racing, into getting a real seat, I think that's a huge opportunity for everyone. Um, you know, you, you, you put in the work and, and you can have a chance at uh, getting where you dream to be. I think that's a fantastic thing. And, um, I think it's definitely a possibility for the future. So it'll be interesting to see how things progress with that. I think um, it definitely has the uh, opportunity. And of course, as somebody in your caliber that has had the real world opportunities, you've had that opportunity to race in the real world. That definitely comes into picture. How have the efforts been like to try and for you at least get yourself back in the real world racing? You know, I've uh, tried for a long time as well. Um, you know, some things unfortunately happened, um, you know, a few years ago when we were full time and in, in racing with with the series kind of going away at a difficult time in the year. Um, and that's kind of been why we've unfortunately been able to to, to get back into it, um, and at least on the rally cross side of things. And, um, you know, we're continuing to work every day, uh, even to this point, a few years later. Uh, trying to put something together because, uh, man, I love real racing. Uh, I love being in a real car. There's nothing like it. And, um, you know, we're continuing to work on it. But as we know, it's it's really tough, especially now with um, the pandemic. It's it's difficult to, to put something together and uh, events are, you know, kind of hard to, to plan on. So, um, you know, hopefully one day in the future, uh, we're going to keep trying, though. So um, we'll we'll see. See, indeed. Well, we're coming towards the close here. Mitchell, 
How can fans follow along with your racing career, with your social media, as well as to follow along with how you are progressing as well on the sim and in the real world? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I'm on all kinds of social media. Uh, you know, Twitter is um, Mitchell Young one um, Instagram as well, same thing. Uh, Facebook, uh, I stream on Twitch as well, uh, Mitchell Young, And... Um, yeah, no, I uh, try to stream all my races. Um, haven't been able to the last uh, few months uh, being in Germany, but um, started to do a few here again, um, streamed at Coda. And, uh, you know, I try to post updates as much as I can. And, um, yeah, you find me there. So I'll be sure to check some of those out. Well, thank you very much for the time, Mitchell. It was very much appreci- appreciated. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. That's Mitchell Dion. Of 2311 Racing, your winner in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series at the Circuit of the Americas. We come back. News of the week and events coming up. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. We just had a great conversation, Justin, with Mitchell DeYoung, who had a absolutely dominating performance at Circuit of the Americas this past week in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, leading all 34 laps as well as taking over the win by 17.7 seconds, truly dominating and also setting the fastest lap of the race by over a second. Phenomenal performance. Of course, none other from someone who knows a thing or two about getting around this circuit. He definitely made it look very easy, but it's also one where, keep in mind, it takes a lot of skill, as he talked about, to be able to get yourself that quick at this type of racetrack in a stock car. It was an absolutely thrilling race, to say the very least, at, though in the mid-pack, because there were so many different battles that popped up, especially around Bobby Zelensky, because for those who watched Alon, it was chaotic. That first corner on the first lap, Taylor, the big one struck to start things off with Zelensky getting turned around in front of the field, Significant damage. He was down straight line speed, keep in mind, in that race, which really impacted him. For him to get up to fourth position in particular was something very impressive. It certainly is. And, you know, we talk about the big one happening more so at super speedways, maybe a short track, but we didn't really expect to see that here. But, of course, this being a new track and with how Circuit of the Americas is laid out with that uphill turn one where it's pretty much a tight hairpin, we could expect chaos there. And we did see that on the opening lap. But as we saw with a great recovery drive, though, by Zelensky, even with the damage, was able to recover up inside, I believe, the top 10, actually top 5 with a 4th place finish. So even though he had a terrible start, he was able to recover, keep his head down, and as in fact, as Evan Pasoko pointed out during the broadcast when they saw him, he was determined, an angry, determined driver that race. Yeah, as someone who works along with the broadcast, of course, doing pit reporting, one of the main things was following along with Zelensky and his drive for the pack. He definitely showed that anger, but also showed the focus on trying to match the times of Dion. The focus was trying to get to third position at minimum in that race. They weren't able to get to third, 
but to drive as far as they did with the damage in their circumstance again was amazing again the top five was mitchell dion jimmy mullis graham bowen Zelensky, and then stephen wilson had a very quiet but strong day taylor he certainly did and that's one of the things you got to keep an eye on for the num- driver that number 17 for roush fenway racing is he's always been around he has some really good runs this season but i think this win or this top five finish here at road uh, circuit of the americas is one to point out because he's not known really for his road course racing skills but yet he put on a stellar performance stayed out of trouble and kept the car clean which is something really when you're racing at road courses or super speedway, or just to be honest, at any track, you can bring home good finishes just like we saw. Absolutely. It was very impressive, to say the very least, from Wilson, where he kept his car clean, one of the cleanest cars in the race. Keep in mind, a lot of the drivers had done a great job battling with some of the damage they picked up as well, because there were drivers reporting with their damage on the back end of the race cars. It was making it hard to grip up on the corner exits. For some that had the front nose damage, it was about managing the temps. In fact, a couple drivers had to come down to the pit lane to take off tape after a couple laps. You had some great moments with those drivers in turn, like Ray Alfalo before he ended up having his motor expire, was having some great fun. But that's one of the main things, Taylor. The drivers had fun, and overall, it was a fun race. It certainly was, but as now we approach the halfway point of the season, we have had eight different winners, only two spots remaining where a driver could clinch their way by winning a race as we're approaching round number nine, which will be on Tuesday, May 25th, as we head to the Charlotte Motor Speedway. You can catch all the action once again on all of iRacing as well as NASCAR streaming platforms starting at 8 30 p.m. with the pre-race show countdown to green and then at nine o'clock catch justin as he'll be on pit road for that race as we get ready for charlotte motor speedway the second half of the regular season before we get ready for the playoffs starting on august 31st but we're not done with coda just yet in fact on wednesday the e-nascar iRacing pro invitational also decided to take it to circuit of the americas and a very, very familiar name to us, Justin, came home with the win. James Davison in that number 15 for Rick Ware Racing, driver of the, driving the Skip Barber Racing School Chevrolet Camaro, took home the win in another dominating fashion because, let's no, say it, he knows a thing or two about getting around these road courses. He definitely has the skill to drive on the road courses, and especially on the sim with his experience in Monday Night Racing, we both knew that going into that race, Davison was going to be one of the favorites. He had been in the top 10 each of the first rounds of the series so far. And for him to pull away, though, by what was nearly 10-plus seconds before the first pit stops in the race was absolutely incredible. Davison just had blistering quick pace. But give credit as well to second place, Anthony Alfredo, 18.1 seconds back. Also someone who competes in Monday Night Racing. Looked very strong. Led six laps. William Byron, expected him to be up towards the front. Finished in third. Tyler Reddick, who's been putting in some great sim racing work, as well as hosting sim racing events with some of his action in fourth. And Chris Busher rounded out the top five. Overall, though, James Davidson had a near-perfect race. The one thing I think, though, you can pop up is nearly getting hit by Clint Boyer as Boyer tried to go into the pit lane. 
any harder contact, that could have changed the whole complexion of the race, Taylor. It certainly had, could have been, but thankfully James was able to avoid making contact with Clint Boyer and was able to continue on with his win. Of course, briefly touching on the Monday Night Racing right quick, he did have a little bit of struggles as they were running at the Bristol Motor Speedway, the dirt configuration, and of course, we had none other than Shane Van Gisbergen taking home the checkered flag for Monday Night Racing, making him the first two-time winner of the season as they continue on in the playoffs, moving him up towards the top of the field in the point standings after a dominant run at Bristol. And when listening in, especially to Anthony Alfredo's stream, the main response is, or was, I should say, when it comes to Van Gisbergen, this guy definitely knows what he's doing. And he definitely looked like he knew what he was doing. Because Van Gisbergen is somebody that has been picking up a lot of sim experience, Taylor, with with a road course organization, Ascari Autosport. But... There was the question of how it would translate over to dirt. It was amazing to see Van Gisbergen have that pace on the racetrack with how he was. It made it very, it was incredible to see him cut through the pack and get himself to the front and pull away as quick as he did. He picked up the dirt very, very well. He certainly did. And of course, you can catch the next round of Monday Night Racing only on Podium Esports Network on Monday, May 24th, as we get ready to head to Indianapolis with the Indy Cars. And it's going to be a very great show that day. Of course, we had that type of race last year with the Indy Cars, as we knew Matt Stalneck took home the checker flag for that race. But also, one thing to keep in mind for the eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational. The series will return on June 2nd for another inaugural trip. This time, we head street racing to the streets of Chicago uh, on June 2nd, so make sure to catch the action on all of iRacing, eNASCAR, as well as FS1. So, Justin, another thing to keep in mind is this weekend, a special event will be kicking off on the iRacing service as we are enjoying the month of Indy. The Indianapolis 500 official open setup version is this weekend. A lot of the biggest names in IndyCar racing, both in the real world as well as iRacing, are having the chance to go out there and have a little fun on the iRacing service this weekend. What do you think we should expect as seeing as uh, we know for a fact this is a good opportunity for people to get in the mindset of the greatest spectacle in all of motorsports? I think what you'll see is going to be an eventful race because you'll see drivers be able to make passes on the outside of turns one and three, try and break out to the outside to try and get clean air to avoid the air wash. But you also see the amount of work and commitment put in by the top organizations, especially at the top split time for when it comes to these drivers because they've been working for weeks upon weeks, some of these drivers, Taylor for this moment, for qualifying. Because for the fixed Indianapolis 500 on the iRacing service, qualifying was within a couple one hundreds to make it to the top split. Expect the same for this weekend's competitions. In other words, the drivers are going to need to be near perfect to be able to get themselves in position to be at the highest levels of competition. But it's also going to be one where you're going to have to pace yourself. You're going to have to have that prep. 
you have to know what to adjust for the wing jacker or, or the weight jacker, I should rather say, as well as for the bar. It's all going to be very valuable and important, Taylor, to try and make sure on that. It certainly is, Justin. And also, another thing to keep in mind this week is, of course, another round in the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series as they kick off their next race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Keeping an eye on a couple of drivers, Parker Retzlaff, still your points leader after a very great race for him at Darlington, Darlington Raceway last round as Derek Bardot had dropped down to third. But as we know, Justin... This race series is going to get even more intensive as after this race here at Charlotte, two more races, Martinsville and Dover. And Justin, that group of over a thousand competitors will be cut down to only 70. And a lot of the focus for drivers heading into Charlotte is simple. Score good points, get yourself locked in with or without the drop tailor. So you have that flexibility and comfortability. And for many, they're within range to potentially do so. At least 50 drivers potentially could do so, give or take, after the next race or so to be able to make sure they're good to go on that mark. But I'm going to be interested to see what drivers like Parker Retzlaff can do, like Donovan Strauss, the defending winner over at Darlington, can do. Because for some of them, it's been a lot of prep work for Donovan Strauss' side to try and recruit things and repeat the performance that he did at Darlington. For Parker Retzlaff, keep in mind, he's been busy with real world racing, Taylor, which makes that balance extremely difficult to have where he hasn't been home for some of that preparation. It's going to be interesting how things fare out at Charlotte. You can catch the action once more on Podium Esports for top split coverage at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can also catch second split action on STN Racing. But with that... It's time to say goodbye. For my co-host Taylor Burris and for producer Wayne Owens, I'm Justin Prince saying so long. You've been listening to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.